0: Here's an old chestnut you've definitely heard before. First impressions matter. It's no cliché. Especially in our short attention span reality, you'll lose people in the swipe of a finger if you don't grab them quickly and hold them with something good. That second step is key. Once you get someone's attention. You need to hold it, earn it. It takes a while for people to become fans, meaning they'll trust you to deliver something good without the burden of proof every single time. Even still, if you start to slip, they'll notice. A few years back, I produced a micro series called Out and About. It was a digital-first local travel feature used as filler for TV breaks on the PBS station where I worked at the time. You have to understand, if you somehow don't know, that PBS commercial breaks, air quotes, are really, really weird. Shows themselves run commercial-free. The break hits at the end, typically lasting 3 minutes and 14 seconds. That's an eternity in television time. But when you factor in that many programs already pad themselves out with several minutes of monotonous filler videos and network image promos, you're often starting your local break long after the typical viewer has recognized that the show's over and the commercials and filler have begun. Thanks, Network. Out and About was a lot of fun to produce, since my station wasn't measuring ratings at the time. Yes, you heard that right we didn't count who was watching, and any info we collected had little bearing on what we aired anyway. When asked to come up with a new on-air promotional break strategy, I replied, what if we stopped running promos? The death of endless strings of tune-in promos pushing shows airing five days out to fill time meant three-plus minutes freed up for original storytelling. Stunts like trivia, the station voice guy reading tongue twisters, a mix of content that was absolutely not at all topical. I had determined that we were way behind in digital content at the time. And this was one way I could play in that sandbox while still filling the airtime between shows on TV. Win-win. I think the coolest thing about public media is that it isn't beholden to traditional restraints imposed on other networks by sponsors or expected format. PBS has always been an innovator. It was cable before cable was cable. In fact, it pioneered a lot of things that later became 24-7 channels of their own. PBS creates the vultures take. But that freedom is something that a lot of folks forget. The ability to play, push the envelope of what TV or radio is or should look like is a true advantage that, honestly, should be taken advantage of more. Break formats. Break rules. Create new forms. Why not? Who cares? As long as it's good storytelling, you should want to look like your own thing. Something that other networks couldn't emulate without massive shifts in how they do business. We focus tested that no promo promo strategy with viewers and they totally dug the approach. Other public TV stations were aghast when I'd tell them we weren't running promos anymore, and I absolutely loved their horror. Delicious. There were problems with it, of course. Namely, I had no real resources and was largely the only person producing original break content. There weren't enough of me, and I needed a bigger commitment from above to make it sustainable long-term. Since this was an approach focused on making the experience interesting for the audience and not on converting them to members or some other business goal, it was probably doomed from the start. I was always an audience defender. That was my fatal flaw. Back to out and about. Not unlike starting artists, I began by focusing on businesses I personally found interesting and set about interviewing the owners and creative talent behind them. My first feature was at Ray's Cafe, hands down my favorite place to grab coffee and lunch in Philadelphia. When you walk in, you see these huge glass bowls suspended above the counter, used to make 24-hour slow-drip coffee. It's cool-looking, and I was trying to avoid making these features into overt commercials. Focusing on coffee equipment, kind of like a Mr. Rogers tour of the Crayola factory, isn't blatantly commercial. Boom. Perfect. Keep it nerdy. This is PBS, after all. I'd miked up the owner, Grace Chen, and asked her to explain the process of making the slow drip coffee and the neat little siphon coffee Bunsen burner-looking gizmos on the counter. She loves all things coffee and was very happy to do it. At one point, her son, who helps run the cafe, asked her to tell me the story of why she opened Ray's. She'd come over from China and missed the coffee and tea houses where people could meet, sit, eat, and chat, a place to relax and spend time with others. She opened Ray's in 1989, long before there was a real coffee scene in Philly. Ray's is still unique, it's the OG, and Grace opened up about how she still absolutely loves making everyone's cup getting to know customers, and making their coffee by hand every day. She wasn't kidding. I've gone there for years. She greets you with the biggest smile every time. Just good, kind, genuine people. You fell in love with Grace listening to her tell her story. And it clicked. Out and about wasn't really about coffee-making gear. Of course it wasn't. These were stories about people and their passion for what they're doing. They will tell the story. They will sell it so people will want to come check it out for themselves. In fact, early feedback told me viewers wanted addresses added to stories so they could visit the places in the spotlights. Some of the most effective non-commercial commercials I've ever made. Hearing people who love something talk about it is always interesting. That energy is contagious for curious minds. Even if you don't become a huge fan afterward, you may still come away with an appreciation you'll learn something. I had so much fun working on that series, walking around on shoots for several months, meeting cool people, and helping them tell their stories. John Fazulio is the owner of Oh Wow Cow Creamery. I'd always loved their ice cream and wanted to know what made it so good. John was standoffish at first. He'd been featured in shallow magazine articles before. What do you want to talk about? I told him I had three questions for him and we were gonna talk all afternoon. It wasn't going to be anything like that. And man, did we talk. By the end, he was showing me around the ice cream making process and talking very excitedly about his approach to recipes, ingredients, not writing things down, pushing back against norms and expectations, surprising and delighting before those became obnoxious corporate buzzwords from companies trying to find easy ways to do that without actually giving employees the freedom or resources to do that. Sorry, Off Track. He tells employees to give people big samples of flavors. Let him try all of it. John wants the ice cream he makes to be alive and organic and local and original. His passion was showing. He was so happy. We had a great day and an incredible conversation. And it was all thanks to me not backing down when pushed, letting John lead the story and, well, shutting up and listening. He could tell his own story better than I ever could. I wasn't there to write a boring fluff piece. I was there to understand. I wanted the unique nugget about him and that place and that killer ice cream that most people probably didn't bother to dig for. A story I had time to tell because we broke promo format. I cared about his journey. He's a really interesting guy and honestly, kind of a starting artist's hero. He quit his job in marketing because he wanted to make something real and joyful, something that made him feel. He went to school to learn to make ice cream. He didn't like the feel of industrial norms, so he went as rogue as he could. He's an ice cream renegade, a counterculture culinary craftsman of copious capabilities. Simply, he's darn good. John hated the soullessness of what he'd been doing, so he made something real. The times I've been happiest in my career were the times I felt the freedom and trust to let loose, break a barrier, try something really weird and different. Sadly, the opportunities to do that grew fewer and further between until they were gone. I wasn't doing the level of work I knew I was capable of, that I knew the company and the audience really needed. So I left and I started a podcast, for which I make no money, and a production company, and I'm happy. Freelance life is a good fit for me right now. I wasn't a fan of my work anymore. It was starting to slip, and I noticed. It hurt me a lot more than I expected to be asked repeatedly to stop being so me. As a marketer and as a person, I understood where John was coming from completely. Basic, surface-level, unimaginative, cliche marketing crap kills me. I make fun of it. Never watch TV with me. I'm awful. Until something really good pops up. We all feel that. That's why we wait for Super Bowl commercials. The one time a year where companies at least pretend to have a heart or a social conscience or at least put the money out for good creative. I want to tell stories with soul. I want to connect. It's not possible in every promo you produce. Sometimes you just have 15 seconds to tell people to come to an event or visit a website. Whatever. That's business. Business has no soul. But for the things that matter, when you can actually take a chance, put some heart into it, surprise and delight someone, those words, surprise and delight, John said to me that day, recording out and about. Again, they've become buzzwords, but he meant them. They put that ethos of authenticity, surprise, and delight into everything they do. If it isn't real, why do it? Life is short. And I did walk away with an even greater appreciation for a place I'd visited for ice cream many times. No wonder it's so good. Dude's are revolutionary. First impressions are also worth working at, like John. If somebody gets you wrong or comes in hot, it's also an opportunity to diffuse it and set the right tone. Trust, real trust, isn't given. Trust is earned and I show people I care. I listen, I do my best to stay out of the way and make them the stars. Ever get off on the wrong foot with someone? Did it grenade the entire experience, or did you manage to recover and make it work out somehow? Hit me up and let me know. I'd love to hear your story. I'm on Twitter at specllc. You can find Spec Communications on Facebook and LinkedIn, or of course, reach out at speccommunications.com. There's a handy contact form and everything. Thanks, web template. Next time on Starting Artists, I'm joined by freelance writer of theater, screenplays, and poetry, Izzy Searle. She's awesome. You'll see. Bye for now.